Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. Here's what Buck had to say about the Iranian deal on the show last night. From the Obama administration's perspective, it's great because there's no way that they will be... First of all, he's not going to be held accountable. He's not running for election again. And by the time the pitfalls of the deal, it's very intricate. I read through the text of it today. It deals with all kinds of things, banking sanctions and trade, and it even specifies that Iran can export pistachios, rugs, and caviar to the U.S. under certain, uh, if certain stipulations are met. So there's a tremendous amount of specificity, which obviously means there's a lot of room for kind of maneuvering and quibbling and, well, what does this subsection really mean? And then you get to the place of, well, what does a violation really look like? What's enough of a violation for there to be the snapback sanctions supposedly coming back into place? But by the time we figure all that out, Stu, the Obama administration will be done and will be some other president in office. And the, the claim will be, of course, that well, it's just because of what that new president, whoever it is or whoever she is, uh, uh, was going to be doing about this, uh, the situation, not that President Obama signed this in the first place. So from a legacy perspective, it's a huge win. From a we don't want to see a thermonuclear Middle East that's pointing missiles at each other, uh, it's a really bad deal. Well, first of all, I'm very excited for some uh, Iranian p- pistachio ice cream. Uh, which is on the way very soon. That's going to be pretty exciting. At least that's one upside of this deal. Uh, but, I mean, I think from that perspective, you have a, a situation where, uh, you know, the United States has, uh, you know, a, a standing in the world where we're supposed to be, I guess, at least, at the very least, good actors, positive actors in making, uh, you know, calming things down. And I know we get criticized for this all the time. But here's a situation where it seems like legacy-wise, these peace agreements live completely separate from the reality they create. You, you have a like Jimmy Carter is praised for a historic peace deal. But I mean, we haven't seen peace since that peace deal. Arafat gets, you know, Nobel Peace Prizes. These things don't aren't realistic. And so you can see the motivation of why Obama would chase after this and make what looks like a terrible deal. No, I, I think that this was all set up to be exactly this, this moment in time when the administration, by the way, can, can really rewrite the, the history in a sense or at least sort of uh, change the way historians will, will view and will talk about the Obama administration's foreign policy, which has been. I know you hear we, we all hear terms like a legacy of failure, but it's really stark with the Obama administration, how bad it's been, whether it's the reset with Ru- the Russian reset or the pivot to Asia, uh, red lines in Syria with chemical weapons, preventing genocide, by the way, in Syria. President Obama stood at the Holocaust Museum in 2012 and was saying never again and had this whole range of policy options we would deploy to make sure that exactly what is happening now in Syria and Iraq, specifically to the Christian communities there, as well as other religious minorities, would not happen again. It is happening. President's too busy with other things. So when you talk about I mean, peace, it's we're, we're not right now recognizing that Iran has been at war really with the U.S. for a number of years, um, and the Iranian regime hasn't changed one bit. They haven't changed their willingness to engage in support to terrorism. In fact, we're pulling off the conventional restraints over a period of either five or eight years, depending on yeah. the part of the deal. It's five for sort of conventional munitions, eight for ballistic missile technology. 
That was originally, Stu, never even in the picture. The idea that now we're going to say not only are we going to allow you and sort of bless your nuclear program, but on top of that, yeah, the Russian arms bazaar, go for it. See what you can pick up there. Whatever China will sell you, that's also yours to keep. Mm -hmm. This is a disaster. Yeah. And uh, the only thing that you can sort of uh, tell yourself makes this a little better, Stu, or you know, tell oneself that this is better is that a president in the future will have the option of taking action. Okay, well, they'll have the option of taking action against a very rich completely rearmed, nuclear-capable Iranian com uh, country with 70 million people in it. I mean, that's not an easy option. So it, it, You're totally not good. right. This is what I think it, it destroys the entire argument that this is a good deal, is what you just brought up, which is they we have this, uh, the way they're describing it in the media is uh, every single step we can watch them. And if they break one of these uh, you know, clauses, they can, we can bring the sanctions back, which, okay, let's say a different president might try that or whatever. First of all, when the punishment is the status quo, the situation they already had, I don't know what the negative is for them because there's no punishment. It's not worse than they used to have it. It's just the same as they used to have it. But beyond that, you're going to have is, a, This is exactly right. Beyond that, though, you're going to have a situation where uh, they're going to be a wealthier nation if we were to try to do this. Plus, you have other countries that have to be on board with us. So th if those countries like Russia, who's getting all the money from the conventional weapons, decides, hey, we don't want to be part of the new sanctions again, the whole thing falls apart. Yeah, snapback sanctions are a fantasy, and every objective observer, including observers of sort of foreign policy, uh, foreign policy analysts that tend to be sort of Democrat in their leanings and pro-Obama, are like, look, snapback sanctions are just not going to happen. Uh, once you open up the markets to China, Russia, and other countries, well, the European countries, well, look at what happened with uh, oil for food and the UN and Saddam. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the other part of this, too. We've sort of been to this dance before. We know how this all turns out. There were supposed to be immediate on-the-spot inspections in Iraq, and we were supposed to prevent them from doing all this. And, and the reality is that at what point does the, um, does the agreement kick into a real punishment for certain violations, the Iranians are going to claim at every turn, look at how much it took just to get to this point of the negotiations, right? Mm -hmm. The Iranians will say, well, that's not a real violation, or we'll deal with that, or we'll get back to you in 30 days, or whatever it may be. And at no point are we going to be willing to say, well, that now we're going to walk away from this deal entirely, unless they just brazenly go for nukes, and at that point it will be too late. So the idea that, and you got in this in, in the beginning, Stu, that we're going to punish them with, with sanctions. It's like, well, we were punishing them with sanctions, and President Obama said, well, let's stop doing that and talk a little bit. And now we think that we're going to get them to change their behavior with the threat of sanctions when they didn't change their behavior in the first place because of the initial sanctions. We have, we have wrested no concession from Iran. The entire program continues on more or less as is. They mothball some things. They send away some spent fuel. They keep the whole infrastructure, even the illegal nuclear facility they have, even the heavy water facility. They keep everything what, what is the hard concession they make? Yeah, and I think it's what, in eight years, they're able to potentially acquire uh, advanced nuclear technologies that they believe could, you know, observers believe they could turn into a, a bomb in weeks. And that's only eight years away. Again, that's eight years of us supposedly catching them. And you know, Buck, that as soon as they do something wrong, which they will, and they will violate this agreement, and they will probably get caught, what we will say is, look, yeah, we could bring sanctions back, but that would blow up this historic deal, so we can't do it. Of course. So it puts us in constraints automatically. By the way, the former head of the IAEA, um, International Atomic Energy Agency, uh, said that if this is, if at this point in time, and this was a few months ago, so, mm -hmm. uh, but if at that point in time, 
the Iranians didn't have an illegal nuclear program meant specifically for military purpose. It will be the first time in 20 years, okay? So we're assuming also on top of all this that without pre-inspections, by the way, which we have not had, that somehow we'll be able to do a full accounting of everything. I mean, we've walked away from so much of what was initially held by the Obama administration, by the Obama administration to be sacrosanct here. They would have to come clean on the whole previous program, what they were doing up to this point, what all the military uses. And, and that we weren't going to keep conventional uh, sanctions or put those on the table mm -hmm. as well for all this. And there's so much that we've essentially caved on. And when you look at what you really get in this agreement, it's just really an agreement to continue to talk and, and get into this back and forth with the Iranians. Ultimately, all this boils down to, do you believe the Iranians are going to change their behavior, that the, the inherent nature of the regime is going to be something different in five or ten years? I think the answer is no. And do you think that at some point they're going to go nuclear and they want nuclear weapons? I think the answer is yes. I think everything else is kind of just getting into the details uh, of the agreement without really looking at what's at stake. Yeah, and of course you could just see how you know what kind of agreement it was for us by the people celebrating it: Assad and Iran and Russia. I mean, it's just it's plain as day. And you know, Buck, you know this stuff better than everybody and every anybody, and you you really do boil down into the the nooks and crannies of this. And I was kind of interested to see today the world reaction to it, which was overwhelmingly positive. Now, of course, the world looks at this as saying, hey, good, America got screwed, essentially. Uh, that's probably the way they're looking at it. I was watching or listening to the BBC this morning, and they had, first of all, a guest on who was claiming the only reason there'll be any opposition to this to all is because of the high finance of uh, the uh, Jews in the American media, uh, which I thought was a, a tad anti-Semitic, especially if they ranted on for it for about 10 minutes. But then they had a guy on from the Likud party who said, look, you know, we are keeping all options on the table here. Uh, and the woman on, B on the BBC screamed at him and said, what do you mean you're keeping all options on the table? Why is it that you are not interested in peace, a supposed journalist? And to which he responded, uh, look, you know, we are in a situation where we need to be able to defend ourselves if we feel threatened. And she screamed at him and said, you are not under threat from Iran, period. Now, well, I mean, Rouhani, Rouhani, who's the moderate, uh, apparently in Iran, right. that's how they describe him. It's sort of like saying the Muslim Brotherhood's moderate in, in comparison to Al Qaeda. But Rouhani, who's a, a relative moderate here, was tweeting out today that, you know, it's good that the world, more, this is sort of a paraphrase, but it's good that the world didn't believe the lies of the Zionist entity, which is, of course, aggressive on many levels, including the fact that they refuse to acknowledge that there is this country called Israel that is a, is a United Nations mm -hmm. member and the rest of the international community accepts as such, and, and they, well, at least a lot of it accepts as such. Not all countries do, obviously, but the Iranians uh, continue to have this sort of bellicose rhetoric. What we've done, though, is really box the Israelis in. We had the Iranians boxed in. Boxed in. Let's, let's just make that very clear. Their currency was in free fall. Their economy was being strangled. There was opposition to this sclerotic, evil regime on the streets of Tehran from the beginning of the Obama administration, by the way. I mean, so there was already a sort of jumpstart. He didn't touch that. He didn't want to get involved. This is back in 2009, 2010. He didn't want to do anything about that. But now what we've seen is the, the President Obama has pulled the constraints off of Iran to get this deal. And we know it's a huge... He went into this saying, anything to get a deal is what we're going to do, which mm -hmm. is never how you want to negotiate. But the Israelis are now the ones who are constrained because if they do, and I think when they say all options are on the table, they are serious about it. If they do something against the regime, if they go after nuclear sites in Iran, they will be in flagrant violation of this huge, wonderful agreement that's going to create peace throughout the Middle East. And the Iranians don't want any bad blood. They don't want anything like that at all. <laughs> the Israelis will have to deal with the fallout 
from that. And that will include the entire Muslim world. It'll include all of the Europeans. It'll include a whole bunch of countries. And it's because of this deal. Mm. So I don't even think the, Isra the Israelis would literally have to think that Iran was... Uh, has, is about to go nuclear, has gone nuclear, and they must strike now or else they are in peril for the survival of their state. Otherwise, they won't strike. <laughs> Buck said European. I'm not a European, European. <laughs> what do you mean I'm a European on this deal? No, I'm not. European on that deal. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. Go to freedom350.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number, 350.com, and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom350.com.